So, uh, hello guys and welcome to the first episode of the People's Podcast. I'm Marshall, I'm studying commerce at Abbott specifically, and most people would call my views conservative, but there are a few more quirks in it. Hi, uh, my name is Asin Nelly, um, I'm actually studying ALC Media at John Abbott College. Um, yeah, <laughs> let's, uh, let's start this then. Well, you're not going to let me introduce myself? Well, no. I want to take all the limelight. So, first of all... I have the best views here. I just want to start with that. Self-proclaimed. Well, let's be honest here. Humble. <laughs> very, very. So, I studied commerce along with Marshall, and uh, most people would consider my views a libertarian or classic liberal kind of, all about the big free market and, you know, just leaving people be generally. So, today's episode that we're going to divulge into is basically recovering is uh, income inequality and is it bad? Does it have any merit to saying it's bad? And, well, if it is, some possible solutions. Yep. Even, I think, we can say without it being bad, we may still have solutions to it because it's not the end of the world or it may have other things to do with it. So let's just get right into it. I mean, we're not going to, you know, explain about the topic a bit first. We're not going to say what it is. I mean, no. not everybody knows what the topic is. Yeah, no, let's, uh, let's introduce it. Sure. So, so, what is income inequality, guys? Basically, more and more today, you see with the rise of many politicians like Bernie Sanders, uh, AOE in the United States, she's been recently a senator, and a lot of the media have been covering this sort of issue where people are noticing more and more that the uh, income is being distributed less equally, or at least that's what they're saying among people, and people are worried that all of the income is sort of and wealth is being concentrated among the top 1%. That's the narrative at least. And this is, many people have different views on this, on whether or not it's a problem. Yeah, so it's basically how the income is distributed among the general population. So what we're just trying to tackle is, is it bad or does it have any negative effects or potentially could it be good? So I think we should start off with Asin and like, what do you kind of see this as? Do you think it's bad? Do you think it's good? Or is it kind of like nuanced? Mm. Here's the thing. I'm more in the middle between yes or no. I don't believe it's a yes or no question because in countries, we see countries with high income inequality. Sorry, uh, what? <laughs> looking at me like I'm about the right thing. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're on topic, bro. <laughs> okay, um, because in countries, coming back to what I was saying before, because in countries with high income inequality, uh, you still have high human uh was it human development, development well index. not necessarily actually because what you're doing first off is when it comes to uh that sorry to cut you off but uh Sorry. when it comes to it is when you're comparing hdi versus the gini coefficient so let me give a bit of background to what that actually is hdi is for human development basically in an index so like basically the quality of the country the level of technology like the level of life and you know like basically compares a place where I'd want to live or a place where I'd not want to live somewhere for a higher rating. Let's let's say uh, 0 0.75 would probably be a high human development index. Comparative to a Gini, which is a measure of inequality in a society. So, uh, yeah. Sorry. No, no, I mean, that that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you, if you actually, well, if you, uh, you're going by the stats, by the facts or yeah. the statistics and all, that's good. Uh, I guess there was a miscommunication because, uh, uh, like, let's just take uh, America, for example, right? 
it has a high income inequality yet you cannot say that it doesn't have human development have i think the point he was trying to make on this that may have been lost in translation between the bickering that you can see countries which are very wealthy where i don't think anyone would deny that the quality of life is great there and they still have a lot of inequality and even the yeah. poorest people are still living good it's not like oh this group is doing good in this yeah. class is like the proles from uh 1984. Yeah. I think we should all get back to establishing our points. So. Yeah, sure. So, um, you want to go next? <laughs> sure. Basically, I have no problem with inequality on an abstract basis. So, if just if you're just talking about inequality, I don't really have anything wrong with it. So long as people are doing economically good as they can be, and by people, I mean the most yeah. of society, uh, then I'm fine with it. The only problems which I would run into on this is oftentimes revolution, any revolution, Pretty much only happens when uh, there is a significant level of inequality. So, in order to avoid that, I think yes, you that it's an issue that needs to be addressed. But I think a lot of this uh, confusion on this issue is just people not really understanding in economics that people believe it's sort of like a fixed amount of money per year, and in a sense it is, of course. But it's not like if the rich person is getting money, the poor well, person is losing well, money. Ex- explain well, that a bit more. Well, I think, well like, I know you didn't say it exactly, but there is no fixed amount of money. Like productivity is generally yeah. going up. I was just saying, like, oh, yeah. if they get seventy-five percent of it, the poor people are only getting twenty-five percent of it. Okay, that's not really how economics works, and yeah. that's pretty basic thing. So, so like, long as this, so, yeah, are you talking about trickle down econ- like economy, like trickle down? Uh... No, 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 you no, can no, no. you can not care about inequality and still have different opinions on uh, trickle down economics exactly, or what have right. you. But, but uh, just on the base level, yeah. I don't think it's anything to be uh, too afraid of. So kind of for me is I have the same talking point as Asa, as uh, Asa, and that's why I kind of jumped in. Somewhere. Where I think that you can clearly make a case that income inequality doesn't necessarily make a society bad based on the human development index compared to the Gini coefficient. So um, like I said, we're going to dive into that a bit later necessarily and then the one reason why i think that it could potentially be seen as bad is actually because of the uh, concentration of power because what you see is with countries that have a large portion of their uh, wealth concentration concentrated in a small percentage of their population possess a disproportionate amount of political power like we can look in the united states where it's kind of hard to run for any form of office without a huge backing of money and if you don't have it you need yeah, donors fast. exactly so I think there's the one angle you can look at where it could be potentially bad. But on the other hand, I have a hard, I have a hard time saying that it's ethical to take people's money and make other people that's put a, other yeah. people on a similar level. I believe that's like, another. Uh, I find that violates. Uh, I believe yeah. that's a whole another discussion in itself. Basic morals. It's basic. Yeah, sure. And I mean, just have like a. Sh- what are your guys' opinions on re- redistributing money? First of all, uh, it's shown that it will help to some degree, but I don't think that's the end-all, be-all solution. And of course, because the government's getting involved in this, it's not necessarily a clean transfer. It's not like I take $10 from a rich guy and give $10 to a poor person. Money's lost there, so it's inefficient. And yeah. there's better ways to do it, I think, to solve this issue than just redistributing things. So, of course, like I said, it's inefficient. The economy's going to be hurt because of it. There's also going to be sort of a moral panic among the people about it, or not panic, but there will be moral concerns about it, and that's going to cause a whole lot of arguments and things, hurt cohesion. Yeah. And I think the saying, give a man a fish, that's okay, but you teach him the fish, and he'll have fish for the rest of his life, may be better. So 
giving people opportunity by college programs or getting a good job or education and things like this where perhaps one of the things I think we'll be talking about at this point at some point would be uh, military service and everything. Wait, but we're just just backtracking before I'm yeah. opening up. But so we know for a fact that uh, not a solution. Re- redistributing wealth is not a solution. Well, well I think it, it's it, a poor it, solution. I, I mean, it, 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 theoretically, it is a solution, but at the same time, it's not a solution that I'm in favor of. It's not equality. If you're in a in, if you're in a country that believes in equality, but the thing is, before we even get to it, like. Potentially, we don't need to solve it because it's not an issue is what I'm kind of getting yeah. at. Like, going back to the uh, comparison between the HDI and the Genie again, I think we should dive into it a bit more now. Is saying income inequality isn't necessarily all bad. Because like, here, let's take an example. So Afghanistan has, relatively low, uh, has a relatively low HDI and also a relatively low Gini coefficient. So... Relative, it's relatively poorly developed, and it's also mm-hmm. relatively equal because the genie is no low. Income inequality. Exactly. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. you have an opposite example. Like if you look at the states, they have a high HDI, but they also have high income inequality, right? But then you look at Canada, which has a high HDI, but they only have a medium, uh, the medium genie coefficient. So you can kind of see that it's not something that kind of like holds ground between the countries because you can have one without having the other. So I'm saying that just because the society is uneven and everything isn't fairly distributed, that doesn't mean it's a bad society or a place I wouldn't want to call. Well, I'm not saying to anybody who has a country below HDI, I'm not saying that your country is not somewhere you can't call your home, but uh, preferably I'd like to live in somewhere with a higher HDI. But really what it comes down to is that inequality doesn't really have a strong correlation with it mm-hmm. yeah and on this topic of it not really being an issue uh the general conception is the middle class is shrinking which is a true fact actually and that people are going more into the poor section but i was looking at a pew research article i think it came out fairly recently uh where it was showing that more people were joining the upper middle class and that's one big reason i think it was something like 14 extra percentage points and the upper middle class. So yes, it's shrinking, but it seems like it's shrinking for some of the right reasons. Of course, I that's mean, only one research institute, I mean, you can, so you it could can, be wrong, but... I'm going to cut it. I'm just going to jump no. in. Uh, you can also say that there's not going to... Because the middle class is shrinking, there's not going to be a middle class. Either you're going to be poor or you're going to be really rich. There's not going to be a middle ground if that's the case. If there's more people that are becoming richer, like you were saying, there's more people that are going into the upper classes of society... Mm-hmm. And there's more people that are falling from middle class to poor, then we're gonna reach a point in society in places like Canada, which have a moderate income inequality, but uh, I believe they have high HDI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna mm-hmm. see you're gonna see in Canada people that are just poor and then people that are just rich. Well, the whole principle is: is that bad? And what makes that bad necessarily? Because it's it's coming back to the major topic. Like I get what you're saying. There's just gonna be poor and rich. But if it's proportioned in a if it's proportioned in a way necessarily, it's not bad on one level. Like on the quality of life. Like even poor people in Canada have a relatively well off life compared to some other nations, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But the where the the, the uh, area where I can see this could be a problem, and I agree with you here. Is on the political uh, on the political uh, exactly. side of it where 
rich people can have a disproportionate amount of effect on what actually happens. Now, in certain countries, well, you have limits on donations. Like in Canada, I don't remember the exact one. What is it? Fifteen. I think it's fifteen thousand dollars for an individual. Fifty thousand. Oh, okay, I'm off by a long way. And it's slightly higher. What? Well, it's higher for uh, institutions. I think unions yeah. can give something like five thousand. Yeah. I don't. I don't really know, but it's not That's an outrageous sum of money. It's not like the limit is placed at five hundred thousand or anything. So, so it's like, not too big a deal. Like the in limit for uh, donations, basically, for the uh, Canadians. But uh, I can pause. And that's why, if you uh, if you look at the uh, democracy index of the world, why Canada is so far ahead, as opposed to uh, the United States. Well, I think it's one of the reasons, of course. Being the world leader in everything well, doesn't help your uh, corruption well, issue. Keep in mind, the United States isn't necessarily a democracy. It's a republic. Like, I think a lot of people forget this. And, and Canada's a constitutional monarchy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right, so Canada's federal election finance laws put limits on contributions to political parties and candidates. In addition, donors may give up to 1500 to leadership contestants for oh, a party. Oh, so it was right originally. As well up to 1500 well, to independent Look candidates. Look at that. Uh, Look at that. The guy with the best ideology is right. What's and the amount right? increases by $25 every year. <laughs> Which is... Uh, After, like, repeatedly doing it, you mean? Or, or no, no, I think it's, it's probably just... Year. For each year. So, in general. Not a lot of you repeatedly doing it. Not for the general, same yeah. person, but in general, okay. the limit. But limits and caps like that could potentially um, solve an issue like that that could rise from income inequality. Or something Mm -hmm. that I was uh, listening about was that potentially instead of uh, having necessarily a cap like that, every individual has a fixed amount of money that they get back from their taxes, but they decide what political party they want to send it towards. Mm -hmm. So that way, candidates aren't relying on donations or trying to pander to richer people because all of their funding could potentially come from tax breaks to people. So like they have a certain amount of money, they get back on their tax. So you say, what party you put it towards. So people have the freedom to choose what party they want to, um, what party they want to, um, uh, sorry, um, send it to, yeah, <laughs> send it to, I guess. Yeah. But one thing that I do have a problem with that is like, I don't think, I don't think that eliminating donations in its entirety is a good idea because People should still have that freedom. Yeah, they should be able to speak a little bit with their money. Exactly. But I'm saying if people have a fear that the uh, concentration of power will arise, then there is a way that you could potentially fix it or amend it. You know what I mean? There you go. I've seen it tossed around that governments just fund it. So it's based on the amount of people you have in your party. I'm not a huge fan of it either, but I've definitely seen that. But I'm saying that's why I'm saying the tax break idea is a lot better. Like you get a certain amount of money and you send it towards a party and you keep the donations. Like the government... Funding the party based on representation is kind of uh, yeah I mean, yeah I definitely it, like your that's idea kind of it, like uh, <laughs> kind of like a dictatorship almost if you think about we'll it funded all to one party it's like Kim Jong Un he's gonna he's gonna put place someone up as power and then that person's gonna resign and put him back into power Kim Jong Un would show never do that okay the, <laughs> show up, like some fake right. democracy let's kind of let's try to let's yeah. try to get back that's, on that's topic let's get on track let's get on let me go back to uh, to what we were saying before too because I just found out even yeah. more facts. Uh, well, yeah. authorized campaign committees may give 2000 Okay. PAC multi-candidate may give 5000 okay. But it's the principle that yeah. you can't really buy yeah. a government with yeah. this much. So like, this is not government. <laughs> exactly. Buying so like, that's why like Canada, for example, I think income inequality, if it were ever to worsen, would be less potentially negative than a place in the United States mm-hmm. where there's not enough quote-unquote... Um, 
barriers. But we also have to consider that this there could be underhanded contributions. Oh yeah, like vacations. So it's just you have to you have vacations. to work a lot harder to bribe yeah. the government, which so is like, what we're all aiming for. What I'm saying is, well, it's not like only the government, people and power, yeah. people but, with power, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this a way like this, it kind of makes it harder for income inequality to be like a rising problem necessarily. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I believe income inequality is going to happen. Well, it's already right. happening. It's already yeah. happening. And, so I mean, it's, it's been happening for history, but Just it's talking, on the rise. You guys were talking about how, okay, the upper middle class is growing, and so is the lower class, and the middle class is just losing things. Uh, looking forward, this seems to be how it's going to be. There's not a lot of jobs for people with uh, low IQs or... Low skills. Uh, yeah, well, low, I mean, it's more well, low no, skilled. Than low, uh, there's a certain yeah. point where you have a low enough IQ that you won't be able to go to the college course to get the jobs that are available and there won't be anything for them. And for the most part, IQ is hereditary. I think the best I've seen is it's 75% hereditary and there are studies showing like 80, 90% hereditary. So intergenerational what are these studies, studies like pretty, this well, is well, like, well, where are these studies from? Cause that's, well, I don't have them. That's on a the pretty table. large claim. Quite frankly, you're I, saying, I, 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 I would, kind of, uh, if anyone wants to know about the validity of these okay. studies, they can just look it up online and what well, it's it subtle seems science. Like a you can literally just look up well, is no, IQ inheritable? It, yes or no. I, I, well, IQ to a certain extent is in, I'm, I don't have the studies to back that up, but I do have the studies for certain other characteristics like your height. You have a quote unquote a um, area where you can. Uh, it's a range. End up. It's a range. Yes. So like I learned about this in my uh, <laughs> intro to anthropology class, <laughs> and essentially class. I, I love the class. Yeah. So interesting. Honestly, there's nothing better than learning, especially Homo things erectus, that are right. There's nothing better, <laughs> better than learning that. But uh, so it's a range basically. Like for your height, basically you fall between a. Uh, a fixed one, let's say, I don't know, five foot eight to six foot two, right? And certain factors throughout your life will affect this how much you sleep, how much you eat, how much if your parents love you or not. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm not even well, that's actually that. true. If so, kids are neglected, IQ maybe hereditary, but there's still a range. It's probably it's not like a snail at it's not like well, a, I'm not, I didn't say you will notice if you go back, yeah, but, you, but, but you're saying like, you're saying, like you're saying this is the be all Simple end all for people to get. Uh -huh. right. but, you're, but you're saying this is the be all well, end 75%, all for... it's 25% is pretty significant but, I, but where but what I'm saying is for this for this number I would like some like actual factual well, data to back it up because that's it's a large claim. I don't think you'll find a study saying anything else I've looked it up and I remember I did like four or five studies and I you but can what also, are these studies what are you looking for the names you can just look up IQ study online It's it'll have this it'll show you this. can do that later it doesn't matter and anyway it. something interesting about this is yes IQ does go over time so for example if you're taking advantage of that 25% okay, so then, then they're not made, they're not me there may not be a reason at all to worry about quote unquote poor people because people are just getting smarter over time yeah, so but more there's going to be a gap in time where there are people and there's like I think about 25% this is not a study but this is mm -hmm. like a spitball number of about 25% there's about a 25% uh, Yeah, as you're saying. Yeah, there's yeah, about 25% about of these people in society who have like IQs around 90 or 80. And like this is Canadian society. This is in the middle of Africa or something. All right. Uh, okay. Anyway, wait, so wait, the, and these people back, but sorry, wait, sorry. let me just finish okay, this yeah, up. Uh, these people are not going to be able to get things. So we might say a few generations down the line, yes, they're going to be open to it. But right now, it's not really the case. So we're going to have to work on how to take care of these people in the future when they don't have any jobs for them. There's nothing they can do. Are you talking about like generational income inequality that well, happens from like just a family being poor so they can't afford to pay for school uh, or tuition or something? No, that's like generational poverty. What we have here is right. that going forward, jobs are going to become more and more high skill. 
So, and if you have, you need to get these skills from college or trade, but there is a legitimate certain segment of the population who have an 80 to 90 IQ who just aren't going to be able to do that, so at least not competently. I'm just, I'm just going to jump in. Are you, are you saying that, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to speak my mind. Are you saying that uh, people that are rich are, have higher IQs? Yeah. The IQ is one of the biggest predictors, even if you come from the low... Uh, sure, but don't you think that's income. kind of like a, a generalization? You can have well, yeah, people, of course, there are going to be people yeah. who are very determined and have this. But at the same time, you're not going to find someone who is ultimately determined with a 70 IQ who's going to be a billionaire. But it's yeah. like I said, there will be exceptions to the rule. But generally speaking, that's how it's going to be. Usually, I, I kind of have to agree with you. People that have more wealth obtain that wealth through means that are intelligent. Like they did yeah. something. They need hard work too, obviously. obviously. But oh, just I mean, inheritance is quite a large portion of people are getting their money through inheritance nowadays. So yeah, that's, uh, that's generational uh, poverty and wealth, generational yeah, inheritance, whatever. But I mean, yeah, we could talk about that, but that's mm -hmm. a whole other discussion. My whole point, though, is just we in the future... We need to go full circle. Well, no, in the future, there's going to be a group of people who probably won't have any job, through no fault of their own. They're born that way. And society is going to have to address how to take care of them and make sure they live a good way that's like the that's elder the libertarian wants he wants to see them in the gutter <laughs> i want to see them in he's the gutter send them to a hear, me, hear, me, hear, me, hear me out here we are just because pe people always have fears that society is going to have dispossessed people and oh they won't have jobs but think about it the market will cater to the demands and the market will always supply labor you just need to find the new source of labor for example, a lot of people at the corner of the Industrial Revolution, or right before it, were kind of fearing they would lose their jobs or so, or they would... Um, <clears throat> you just need to train them. That's it. Well, not even that, but, but one of the things, people were going to lose their jobs or they would work less hours. But what actually happened is <clears throat> the number of our uh, average hours increased. I had done a paper on this, oddly enough, for French class. <laughs> I know it seems like the topics wouldn't intervene, but yeah. uh, they but had me doing a paper on, quote-unquote, commerce. And they had to do something on your... Uh, on your uh, <laughs> study anyways but the principle really i'm getting to is people decided to orienteer their uh labor and their basically their work habits towards more market demands and the average numbers of hours worked up uh went up now this was granted in europe not the rest of the world but uh the principle was that uh the market will cater to your demand so you don't necessarily need to look after all these people these all these dispossessed people because they potentially won't exist because we've always had fears that uh, the people will get phased out, but it's never happened. We had fears about this, like I said, before the turn of the Industrial Revolution, uh, with the turn of plastics, or with the turn with uh, alternative sources of energy, like green energy and stuff like that. People were worried that all these coal miners would lose their jobs and stuff, but in reality, more people work in the uh, solar electric industry in the United States than coal miners. So, like, Yes, you may lose your individual job, but there's another one out there. The only thing that's stopping you is well, your think, own inhibitions uh, it's, to get it's, these you, jobs. You, I mean, sure, you can say your own inhibitions to not getting the job, but there's also the fact that uh, in areas where like big factories would come in mm -hmm. and there'd be like coal miners, it was the whole towns were built around a business, and people from everywhere, from everywhere in that town, would go to these mines yeah. and they would work there to feed their families mm -hmm. and then it's when these places just come up and they run away or they just jump well, off and they go to mexico yeah. or something <laughs> i mean yeah okay yeah, see you off, out there donald <laughs> well yeah you know offshore 
Mm-hmm. They just go off, and yeah. it leaves all these people unemployed. But the thing is, they can't just yeah. But walk why off. should I? Why should I prop up a failing city that failed to diversify their economy and put all their bets on one industry? Like, think about this: if your friend is chatting up like this, no, one, no, yeah, no, is, is chatting up this one chick, and then like, oh, you're, 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 diversifying his career. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm saying this as like kind of like a joke. Like, no, but yeah. at the same time, it's got some merit, right? It's if not you're wrong. just talking to it's one person wrong. and then everything goes south, no, like, you're gonna be well, there. If you have all your eggs in one basket, that's probably a more that's the probably more a socially that acceptable is, uh, idea. Yeah. Yes, you're not gonna find anyone. No, but no. <laughs> my, my point is, was, like, I don't see this as necessarily something that we have to solve. Like, it's we kind don't have of to solve it. Your but fault. Government needs to have programs in place. I feel. For people that lose their jobs because these corporations just run off. So wait, well, no, no, no. If I think the reason what I'm talking about here, like the yeah. most extreme I would get with like these programs would be like having to care for people and everything, where the government is literally pretty much doing it. I could only imagine myself supporting that if we're living in a future and they, they kind of jumped on me for yeah. this very thug like they but in the future if this is the case i'm not saying we do anything now where people don't have a job because there's no job for them they simply but, but, don't but this is what i'm saying people were saying this forever then i would support it people have no, been saying and if it doesn't happen then it means nothing but it but never if, happens because the market will solve these oh issues God. the market is not necessarily to be trusted on entirely okay like because the, the same market leaves people unemployed because corporations don't care but should i am but because some people's skills aren't transferable if you have a shitty education or you have a shitty skill set it doesn't mean you deserve a job yeah i like like like, of course people are unemployed people will always be unemployed so like so income inequality itself will always persist and just because people are unemployed it's i guess it's you could potentially say it's unfavorable but is it Bad to society? No, being unemployed is natural for certain aspects. Well, yeah, there's always a certain level of unemployment. Yeah. But anyway, for more like broadly in the here and now, not in this like hypo- <laughs> hypothetical future. I think I'm getting a little too caught yeah. up on that. I'm not really a fan of uh, redistribution. One thing I would be okay with is a negative income tax, kind of stealing from Milton Friedman. If you're not making a certain amount of money, basically he says you're not going to be able to do anything. So he would, there's a certain amount of money if, when you're doing your taxes, there's a certain amount of money in which you're not taxed on. Like if you're making, let's just say, hypothetically, less than $1,000 or at $1,000, you have 0% tax. This is why as kids, they can work like small time jobs and not have to file their taxes or anything. He's suggesting that for however amount you're below that, you get in a certain amount of money. So if you're $50 below the $1,000 threshold, you're getting a certain amount of money. But, I mean, that's still and, theoretically redistributed. Yeah, income. well, it is, of course. But it's, like, his thing is not based on, uh, like, inequality is bad. It's but, just that for people to have opportunity, they need a certain amount no, of money. Instead, so of, this ties of, into basic universal income. It basically is. I would, like pretty much all policies, I'd like to see a test run before I actually approve it. But there were a few It's not Canada. too bad of an idea. Well, for universal basic income, is a whole different beast. Yeah. Because... His, he looked at universal basic income, actually, and he pretty much said, this is too expensive, we're not going to be able to do it. And this is before it had been tried. But there had been a try in, I believe, Manitoba in Canada, and you try in Ontario in Canada, and I believe there was one in Denmark or some Scandinavian country. And basically, there were good results, yes, but they quickly found that it cost way too much money, or they ran out of all their money really quickly. <laughs> the so, government running out of yeah, their money. Yeah, so there was, there was a good... Uh, 
a good effect, but it simply uh, wasn't worth the amount of money. There's more efficient ways to do it. I can understand, but uh, do you or do you not agree that pumping money back into uh, lower class people and making sure that they do get a job and on top of the so, universal basic income that they get would help the economy come back up? Instead of approaching a universal income or redistributing money in a form of negative income tax, hear me out, guys. So... Now, this is the one one of the one places that I quote unquote would defy libertarian values is I believe in affordable education, not free education. And we'll get into this in a later time. But the principle I'm kind of going at is the fact that if you made education affordable and more people go to school, a few things happen right off the bat. Now, according to the uh, Labor Bureau of the United States, granted, this is the United States, so not everywhere. The more years you spend in school, the more money you make. It's a, it's a pretty solid correlation. It's not 100%, but it's pretty, so, it's pretty strong. So think about that for two seconds. Right off the bat, that means you're paying more money in taxes. So that's more things to go towards social programs, right? Mm-hmm. Secondly, if you make more money, you spend more money, right? I mean, obviously, it's not a perfect curve. The marginal propensity to consume does decrease as the more money you make. I mean, it's yeah. basic. Uh, it's basic. No, it's basic microeconomics. Sure. If you make if you make more money, you spend, you spend a smaller more, percentage of it. Not, money, not yeah, that you spend less money. You your spend your money falls more into assets then, because if you're so rich, you'd rather have assets to yeah. keep that money there. But, yeah, but, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're always going to be spending money. But, but you're spending yeah. more money. You're spending less exactly. of your more money. But so the principle I'm kind more of more than an average person. Yes, right? exactly. So the principle I'm kind of reaching at is if we make education more affordable if for some reason you want to close the gap on earners it's not necessarily repassing around money it's creating productivity and more money are because, we are we talking about university in canada yeah well i'm, I'm, I'm saying i'm saying yeah. make university more affordable make trade schools more affordable because those people yeah. will become more productive people so if we ever wanted to close this gap for some reason i'm not saying we necessarily need to this way is a way that it helps everyone because people say, oh, I don't want my money to go towards other people's educations and stuff like that. I'm like, it helps everyone because these people aren't unemployed. These people aren't living off welfare. These people are becoming functioning. I'm not saying you're not a functioning member of society yeah. if you don't go to school. Keep, keep that in mind. But I'm saying you're more... You're, you're, you'll the be tendency better off. Are, exactly. The tendencies are and you'll be better off as assets. I think what he's trying to say too is that you'll get a return on investment in terms of taxes. So let's say you invest... Okay. a certain amount of money to make sure someone gets educated that person is more likely to get a high paying job and yeah. then he's taxed more so you're taxed less or as overall we have more money for social programs and we don't need so much from everyone we can lower the tax rate so exactly collecting in, instead of money. instead of providing basic universal income for all these people mm-hmm. just make make it so that the population is more educated yeah. exactly so not, not can, free not free yeah. school should never be free there is value to be placed on it but just give them opportunity yeah even if it's a bit costly yeah. for them. Give them so many opportunities that they have to decide what they want to do. <laughs> Another thing on this 2019, uh, right? talk of opportunity <laughs> is uh, helping problem. people have small businesses. Oh, so, for example, you. one thing I like about Denmark, I don't really like to praise Denmark's <laughs> economy too often as a conservative. <laughs> but one thing I really like is that I've uh, looked at it and Denmark has some of the easiest systems for setting up small businesses. Mm-hmm. And this is a great w- way to lift people out of poverty and help the economy overall. Because mm-hmm. you're creating jobs for other people. You're creating services. And small business owners usually make a lot of money if it works. Well, the thing is they help the economy a lot because they employ people. Yeah. and it's So for the government to streamline the process for people and maybe give investments for them, they're mm-hmm. already doing okay. this to a certain degree, but 
I think it'd be a great idea. It's right up there with the uh, education yeah. for providing opportunity. Or, and coming back to the small business, like this, if, if we want to quote unquote close the gap or increase the amount of earners with income inequality necessarily, like abolishing the small business tax would probably be the best way to take it. Yeah. Quite frankly. <laughs> now, I know a lot of people are going to say, like, oh, well, we should always tax corporations, yeah. this and that. Because I'm thinking, like, you're going to create a huge incentive to open up business. And think about right off the bat. If there's no small business tax, they're keeping more money. So what does that mean? You can hire more people. Now, some people are like, oh, this is trickle-down economics. It's not some big, massive corporation. I'm not saying corporations should pay no taxes. But I'm talking about the small, like, uh, mom-and-pop shops or, like, the uh, 20, 30-person uh, stores and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. If you don't have them getting taxed, you, they're going to be able to hire a lot more workers because they're uh, – would that be their fixed cost or would that be their uh, – For what? The taxes? Yeah. Taxes are – Somewhat fixed, but if you okay, gain yeah. more well, money, property tax and you move into things like but that, you lower yeah. their basically their cost of uh, operating, right? So mm -hmm. right off there, they have a higher incentive, and this isn't you're not eliminating their their personal tax, you're not eliminating their income tax, you're eliminating the small business tax. Mm -hmm. And even on corporations, I've seen, of course, people will have the inclination that they want to tax oh. corporations, and that's a good idea. But we see Ireland and Liechtenstein and all these places. Ireland for a long time was going through a very hard economic time and they lowered their corporate tax drastically like it's one of the lowest in the world more and, corporates came in yeah and a massive amount of corporations came mm -hmm. in such that they were actually collecting more money from corporate tax even though they lowered the tax well that really depends so I, on I'm not but, necessarily saying but we that do depends that, on but if the to demand to uh, set up things is an elastic yeah but everyone, in, elastic. every corporation is looking to set up their headquarters well, it depends, on the, country, it depends on the country like if because for certain countries, it's inelastic. Like, if North Korea lowers their corporate business tax, that doesn't okay. mean more corporations well, are going to come out. I don't out. think that's an a inelastic demand. It has to do with the government, now. of course. Yeah, but the, the government the, suits yeah. the corporation's so that desires. Lowering agenda. Sorry, yeah. There's that whole aspect you got to consider. Because corporations are big businesses. They have their own agendas they want to go with. You can't necessarily say that... Well, you were saying that because they have low corporation taxes, but, you'll have yeah. more corporations coming. Yeah. Like, sure. But that's Ireland. Like you made a good point. But I don't think there's a massive difference between Ireland and Canada. I think there's a massive but difference, but with, you can't apply it to every country. Well, no, but because no, we're talking about income inequality as a whole, we're not just necessarily. Well, I'm going speaking. off topic, so <laughs> screw you. I'll do Typ more. typical. I'm typical. a libertarian now. <laughs> we don't want you. Uh, we're 37 minutes in. This is looking this is pretty, pretty solid good. for our yeah. first episode. Something I do want to talk about a little bit, because we did look some yeah. things up on this, is the military service thing. Right. Boo. Boo. I, well, <laughs> no, don't hate our military. We were I just love them. Oh my God. Basically, there's two ways to look at it, if you're in favor of it at least. It's either heavily encouraging it or making it compulsory. So, for example, uh, places like, I believe France is making it, or at least it was proposed that it's compulsory again. <laughs> And many it wasn't military service necessarily, it was public, public service. service. But so a main part of that is military man. service. Huh? <laughs> so, for example, in Scandinavian countries, they have a lot of them have the same thing today, actually. No, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things on this is it would provide more opportunities. The literature on it, or, well, study is not necessarily literature, but, is mixed. I saw something on uh, Portuguese, it helped work for them, it raised the wages of especially people who were mm -hmm. low income. Because not only does it give you like sort of a job to build experience on and a path to go upwards, but it also builds discipline, which is very important for going back to school and starting businesses and being a productive worker. Well, so there's all these things. But I don't know if I'd implement it in Canada. Yeah, well, the thing is, I'm going to butt heads with you a lot right here. Because yeah. first of all, you're curving people's personal liberties. Like, you're not going to force oh, me no. to get a certain job or some 
servant. Like, I'm not sure about you guys, but like, I like being able to do what I want as long as I'm being productive. Honestly, I think everyone does <laughs> exactly. So, like, I understand quote unquote the merit, but another thing is you're kind of not necessarily. Actually, you are kind of operating on a fallacy. Like, it's not necessarily true that wages do go up. Because, well, in, give me, in contrast, there was a study done by Vox.eu, CEPR. Not the same so horrible Vox. It's not the same horrible not, Vox uh, media. No, it's not. It's not, not, it's not, that, off, it's, it's not that awful. We love awful, you, Vox. No, it's not that awful, awful thing. It's an actual reputable site where econ- economists <laughs> yeah. debate and kind of like publish articles. And it says that, well, actually, mandatory military service doesn't necessarily increase wages. A lot of people actually end up in horrible situations or some of them become extremely violent. Like, I think at some point they source some... Um, if you're right from high school and you go oh, into the military... Well, not necessarily maybe. high school, but it's a principle that mandatory public service doesn't always work. Like, a lot of things we have to understand is countries are very different. Yeah, like, there's, there's no blanket statements. just like going back to your other thing when you're talking about mm-hmm. lowering the corporate tax. Like, what you have to understand is things have to be individualized. Yeah, I understand that there's no uh, set rule for regard to it, and there's a mixed amount of studies on this. You have one saying it does work, I have but, one but, saying But the principle it, is, it's, it's, well, you can't blanket statement it. Well, there's I'm not going to blanket statement it, but saying, okay, well, we have one saying it does work and one saying it doesn't. I'm not saying, oh, this is definitely the best, but <laughs> this is going to solve all the problems. But if we're looking, no, very few, if any, yeah. uh, legislation is saying, like, oh, this is 100% going to be send us into the golden age or anything so just saying just having the proof there i think opens it up for an opportunity or further discussion or maybe even legislating it and i will i'll be the first to admit also that it does help with patriotism and societal cohesion Uh, i like my military so i'm I'm for it i would also say that public service is also a great thing i think public service does like what france is doing but what i'm coming at for two seconds what you think you should force people to go take a certain type of job. And if they don't, they face fines. And if they don't pay those fines, they go to jail. So because I don't want to serve the government, look, I don't want to be a puppet of look, some fascist regime. I don't want to pay taxes. Relax, relax. You're making me pay taxes and I'm serving the government because I'm going for anarchists. But no, but honestly, honestly. Hear me out. I understand the concern about liberty. No, but think about especially in this context, you're curving people's liberties and you're forcing them to work to solve quote-unquote inequality that may not even be a problem you're forcing people to solve something that might not even be an actual well is it issue. forceful well yes because if you weren't doing it and they were mandatory you pay you can you can't say it. i don't want to go well no but that's the yeah. point of mandatory military service because right well, now it's optional yeah right now it's service optional. is optional i mean you but, could technically encourage it heavily but i don't know that that'd be really that effective especially in canada i mean just make it so that just make it so that if if people do join this military program or you know forced military program no i'm saying join the forced military program if you do decide to join the forced military program if you do it will look better better on your resume when you go apply no let's just be clear i'm not necessarily that the wages even if you have this experience it doesn't necessarily help you well well, especially if everyone has some sort of... Exactly, because everybody has it. There's going to be different jobs, same. though. Yeah, like, exactly. for example, if I'm working as, uh, like, an infantryman versus a, I don't know, a janitor. Yeah, but... You're going to say, oh, this guy has more grit. No, but... But anyway, I'm not necessarily saying that the ec- economics is why I'm on board of it. The, or that this I'm is com- the whole principle. We're or talking we're about inequality. It's a solution. It's just, well, it's like just I said, I'm going to keep going on t- off topic. But, but why are we trying... Make peace with it. But I'm not even fully on board of it. I'm just saying it's interesting and I think it holds weight. That 
there's certainly something to be said about right. liberties or like this, but there's more to life than liberty. Liberty is very important. It's incredibly important, and we have a constitution because of it, and I wouldn't change that or anything like you that. You don't have to clarify your but stance on liberty. But there's also very I mean, important we know, we know that you believe in liberty. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, but it's... it's, it's supply management, man. Listen. Listen here. <laughs> listen here. It's, this is We're thinking up ideas, right? We're just pretty much thinking up ideas yeah. to a solution. of it. Like, it's not necessarily gonna be this one single solution that's going to solve is, all our yeah. problems. When, when, when I've been bringing up my solutions, I'm always trying to paraphrase and then we potentially don't need to solve it. And the thing is, oh, yeah, going well, back I agree. to my education thing is, it's not necessarily to solve it. It also increases productivity. So like, that's one of the more reasons. It's like, one it, aspect of many. I yeah, we should yeah. probably be clear here because people probably won't see that initially yeah. is that two or three people here don't really believe it's an issue. But there's a lot of devil's I, advocate I going on here. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, yes, the thing, there's a lot of <laughs> the that. Thing is, it's, it's always good to like try to see things from another perspective, quite frankly, right, and be and open to learning. Well, alternative of me trying to shovel in things to solve inequality, which really just, <laughs> for my other agenda of patriotism, nationalism. <laughs> All right, um, so, so last, last stance. Yeah, I think we should get to wrapping it up around yeah, here. Yeah, it's, I think it's that going was on for the first episode. So um, kind of how I see it really is I don't really think it's an issue necessarily on the quality of the country but the concentration of power because people controlling more money have a bigger influence in politics could be an issue you could try to solve that and put in some uh, policies but honestly i don't believe you should be taking away people's money and redistributing it in a way that's not going to make society more productive so all in all i don't really believe that income inequality actually income it's not that i don't believe income inequality is not a real issue and it's not bad yeah I agree with the preface that for now, like in the future, we may get worse situation. And if that happens, I'll change my attitude. I don't blame you. But uh, for now, I don't see it's an issue. I would definitely be open to the small business thing we talked about and the educational thing for now, because I think it holds use beyond just curbing inequality. But for now, I have to agree with Roderick. I'd have to say that it is an issue and it has, it's going to need to be fought by the people to change this because revolution. As, you can say that the government is in the pocket of a lot of rich people i mean this is fact. you put policies in place yeah for right, now though i don't policies, think really like my idea where... people that would always try to take these policies and shove them out the window because it goes against their own agenda hence rich people so there's gonna be a big like fight revolution mm-hmm. if you would speak, if you you know say yeah. that revolution so to speak of making sure that the middle class rises again the middle class the middle class revolution the middle class proletariat unite is now middle class <laughs> all right guys well, yeah i agree we thank you guys for tuning yeah. in and uh next week we'll be back with a spicy topic if you uh, like what you heard and you want to keep up to, t- uh, to date with us we're on instagram at the people's podcast seven we're on facebook at the people's podcast And we're also on YouTube at the People's Podcast TPP. Love you guys. Peace.